This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Rowan Two Sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers. And this is our weekly support group after birth. And today's topic is education what are we doing with our kids and then i want to also throw in what are we doing with ourselves so specifically around uh, pregnancy and birth and postpartum so there we go those are our topics today and thank you so much to caitlin last week for hosting while i was at the spinning babies aware practitioner and let me tell you that was freaking gold every centavo that preggers can be choosers um, fronted for that was worth it i've already been using it it combines beautifully with the arvigo training i've had and you know i'm not stupid when it comes to um, professionally i'm a midwife and a body worker and uh like i'm not dumb about the body but i was like holy moly i've never thought about this i mean it was so good guys that was gold so and even the timelines for when to start getting aware practitioner body work you know don't wait until your baby's breech you know get on that earlier and Bev, it reminded me of some of the work that we did with you. So um, anyway, that's what I got right now. Hey, everybody, Rowan, back from San Diego. Still not quite in a feeling by myself, like myself, but I pretty much abhor traveling too. So here we go. All right. Who would like to um, introduce themselves? Hey, I'm Caitlin. I got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And... Um, Nothing super new, more on the like sex talk because that happened with my husband the other night and it did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, but that is okay and we're working through it. Hey, my name is Beverly. Um, I have an eight year old, seven year old, a five year old, and a four month old. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of blah right now. Hey, I am Mama D. I am a um, mother of three, a four, two, and eight month old, and pregnant, five months pregnant with our fourth. Um, the sex talk sounds fun and interesting. I feel like I'm always having a sex talk with my husband, like all the time, because it's like, since we've been married, like literally a month after we got married, I got pregnant. So like our sex has gone like, oh my God, nearly wet sex. And then it went like, oh, I'm pregnant. Don't kiss me. I feel like throwing up. And then 
it went like up to, ooh, I got everything back and I feel sexy. It's my pregnant body. And then it was postpartum. Oh God, I hate life right now. I don't feel good. And then it went back up like, oh, yay, we found each other again. Oh my God, even with a baby, I'll like breastfeed the baby and then we can have sex and then breastfeed in the middle of sex and then go back to having sex. And then then I got pregnant again. <laughs> the cycle like goes up and down for us. And so it's like, I'm always pregnant and always breastfeeding. Um, so we're always having the sex talk. And I just, it, sorry, Caitlin, to just like jump off of your topic. But we just, uh, uh, I just like weaned, or not purposely, but he's no longer really drinking from my breasts, but he's drinking someone else's breast milk but he's not drinking my boob except for like comfort. And so kind of was like joking around saying like, Oh, I guess your boobs are back on board. I was like, no, I still feel really weird. Like you can touch my breast, but just don't touch my nipple. Like it just like, that just feels weird to me still. So please. And he's like, Oh, but you're about to have a baby again. And I'm like, yeah, well, suck it up. <laughs> it's just no. Um, so the sex talks is, is always really fun in our bedroom, but anyways, uh, Nothing new here, just, you know, on-call life. Got a bunch of mamas giving birth soon and a bunch of sassy-ass doctors who want to induce everybody and anybody that I know, and it's driving me nuts. And I think with all the induction talks from doctors, it's kind of making me look forward to not being a doula for a while because I don't have to deal with that shit. I'm just like, oh, okay. Anyways, that's, that's what's going on here. Beverly, why don't you, uh, uh, well, first of all, your eyelashes are on point. How do you have such great looking eyes? They're amazing. Look at you. And then also I saw you have a response when uh, Mama D said about boobs being off limits or something like that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh my God, so much. I, I, where do I I begin? I mean, I'm sure it has like everything to do with the fact that I've breastfed four babies and, but like, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, do not touch my fucking nipples. Like, I don't care if you like grab the whole tit, but like, don't, don't even graze it. Like, I don't, (laughs) don't graze my nipple. Don't, none of it. I, I'm like, get off of me. Like as soon as like he fucking touches my nipple. So yeah, he knows they're like off limits. And especially after like I weaned the last one, I was like, and okay, so I've always wanted a boob job and I like want it so bad. And I'm like, I've heard from a lot of people that it can desensitize your nipples. And I'm honestly like praying that that happens. Like I hope that I lose all feeling in my nipples. So that's where I'm at with nipple touching. I was talking to somebody, um, I guess this week that like three weeks or three years ago for Valentine's day, I was going to get um, heart tattoos on my nipples. Have you ever seen those where like the areola is just a heart and it's so beautiful. Right. And, um, and I just wanted that really badly. And then it didn't ended up not working out, but I looked at like 9 million pictures of like tattooed heart nipples and they're so great. And the person I was talking to, she goes, I would die. I would die. And I was like, I don't really have sensitive nipples. So MBD over here, just like, let's do it, you know, like make them like all, or just can you imagine you're getting down with somebody and you like kick your shirt off and there's your nipples looking all good. So anyway, so that's my latest nipple conversation. But like, have you guys ever seen that? The heart nipple tattoos? I see you're nodding your head, Beverly. Has anybody else? It is like glorious. Oh, 
You see that? Like, like, it looks like your flesh, and so it looks like your your areolas are in the shape of a, a heart. Yes. 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 I've seen that. Very cool. I love that. I think it's so cute and pretty, and I would totally do that, but I would not be able to sit through it. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. If I did it before kids, yes. But breastfeeding babies, no. I don't know. Right. And that's my situation. Like, I've never... Um, been pregnant. I married people. That's how I got all my kids. And um, I was like briefly pregnant, like eight weeks or something. So like I haven't gone to full term with a pregnancy. So I don't have like super sensitive nipples. I never have. Nobody's ever like nursed up on them and stuff. So and you know like it's so funny because like I'll have friends or I'll be a doula or a midwife for people and they're like my nipples are so dark now. And I'm like my nipples are so pale and pink and unattractive that I have to have like you know them darkened and made a heart shape and stuff because I'm like self-conscious about my pale ass nipples. So and they're slightly inverted so like nothing about them is sexy. See look at this. The grass is always greener people. The grass is always greener. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. I can't, I can't get past like the piercing. So I have a best friend who pierced her nipples twice. I'm like, how did you do that? How did you do it the first time? And then get it done again the second time because they like closed up for, or whatever. And I remember her like later now in her adult life is when we were younger, but now she's like, do you think it would affect like my breastfeeding? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> You're fine. I had my nipples, I pierced my nipples when I was like 17 or 18. And then I got pregnant shortly after, I think it was like probably six months after I pierced my nipples. And I even just, I think I was probably 12 weeks pregnant and I was like, oh, I don't want these in anymore. Like I just don't. I don't want them. And there's been times that I like missed having them pierced, but then I know there, there's no way I can go back and do that to myself again. It's not happening. I was doing a pelvic exam on somebody. I don't know. It seemed like Saturday, everybody got a pelvic exam. Did you need a pelvic exam? Come on down. Saturdays are ruins, right? And, uh, it was kind of dark and I was talking and, oh, I know I had, oh, check this out. I got a new electronic table, a hydraulic one. And so I was in San Diego. Last thing I did before I left was get this table fixed. And then I moved it. It was like a pain in the ass, moved it into the treatment room, all this stuff. It was real tight. I had to turn it on inside, all these things. And then I get my first client on Saturday, this following Saturday, after being gone all week on the table, all excited. And I push the button and you know what happens? Nothing. Okay, so then I had to like navigate, and for those who can't see me, I'm tall as hell, so my massage table is like, you know, sky high, it's at its top capacity, so the thing was stuck on the lowest one, so I had to like, you know, trick all this up, so I was doing a pelvic exam, and it wasn't like how I normally do it, so, um, and I remember like I was looking in the lights were, you know, whatever, and then I was like, oh, I realized what I'm running into, because I felt something hard, and I was like, oh no, maybe there's like, you know, like a lump or a gland or something that's infected, no they had a piercing and I was just late to the party because I was at a weird angle and stuff. So of course I had no chill. I was like, Oh, look at your good looking piercing. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I got no game people, no game. Speaking of weird piercings, I remember once my husband and I were talking about genital piercings and 
I was like, yeah, I really, you know, I have no, I have no idea what like what they call like a Prince Albert looks like, and we just started like googling that. I was like, wow, this is very, it's very interesting. This is an interesting moment in our sex life where we're just sitting in bed looking at other male piercings. <laughs> It's like, how do they do that? Like, uh, is that really comfortable? I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyways, I had a friend who met this guy at a barbecue, and she was like, he was like the most boring person, and like he was all right, but you know, like there was no spark or whatever. And later he kind of called me, and I was like, nah. And then her, it was a friend of her brother's, and he goes, oh, you know, he has a Prince Albert, and she was like, huh okay and that and now they've been married for like six years but that was the thing that like got her interested that he wasn't as like straight laced as he looked or whatever and she said the um pro to having being with somebody who has a prince albert is that they sit down to pee they no longer stand and pee so they don't get pee everywhere look at beverly's face she's like what okay um <laughs> so having a spouse or a partner that sits down to pee um i don't know since i don't normally have you know cisgendered male partners i don't know if they pee all over everything Although I do know the other day at the um, storage place, the women's bathroom was the only bathroom that was working and the dudes were using that and there was pee everywhere. So I don't know quite what the study of that is. But anyway, Prince Albert's may be a sign of interest if you, I don't know, just say it. So uh, my husband definitely sits at home when he pees, just so everyone knows. But when he's out, he stands. And that's one of the, he's like, every time I remember when we first started potty training, I was like, can you just please like take her to the bathroom? Like, like just for once. And he's like, you do not understand. He's like, it's not that I don't want to take her or that I'm a lazy father or that I don't want to help you out. It's that the men's bathroom is disgusting. And he's like, it's just like, it's stepping in there and then needing, you know, all kinds of vaccines after you step out. It's just, it's just nasty. And as toddlers, they want to touch everything and you get really mad because you're like, don't touch anything. <laughs> like, just float, just float over it. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't until like, I think one time he took a picture of it for me and I was like, oh, that's bad. That's pretty bad. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll only do, I'll only have him take her to the bathroom if there's like a family joint you know bathroom and so i'm like okay that's got that's like clean like target target's family joint bathrooms are clean so you can take her there <laughs> i've definitely seen many women's restrooms that were just absolutely disgusting and i can't tell you how many times i've had you know three small children in a stall with me and everyone's touching everything and i'm like no stop like <laughs> it's so bad it's so gross Yeah, I won't. I won't take in my um, my toddler, my middle child, in bathroom with my eldest one unless she's in a stroller, because then she's strapped down and she can't, she can't get out, she can't touch, because she touches stuff on the floor. It's not just like the walls, but she likes to get down on the floor and be like, "What's this?" So that's that's our thing. But anyways, so Bev, on the boob job, do you think you're gonna do it, or what are you thinking? What's the plan here? Well, definitely don't have the money for it right now. Don't see that happening for at least another couple years. Um, but it's something that I've always wanted. But especially after having four kids, I'm like, I, I definitely have issue like self-image issues. But I do feel like if my boobs were just done, I would be like a lot happier. I'm just not happy with them. I've never been happy with them, but 
especially after having four kids, I'm like, it's definitely one of the, it's the number one thing that I'm most self-conscious about. And I hate that. I hate, I hate feeling like that. So yeah, it's going to happen one day, but not, not anytime soon. I see my BFF dog friend in the background there with you, Beverly. I love this dog, Zeus. Um, Beverly, uh, she streamed her birth uh, on BirthTube. Is that okay that I show you that, Beth? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and there's pictures of me like loving up on the dog and taking selfies with the dog. Like in the video, you can see me like taking selfies with the dog. Um, I was at Beverly's birth for those also that don't know as a, um, a second license. So, uh, I just love that dog. In fact, when I started to leave your house, like I was like kind of weepy because I knew I wouldn't see the dog anymore, which is so ridiculous for a dog that you've only met like five hours ago. But like, I just love that dog. So I'm glad to see it. Well, um, a friend of ours, uh, a mutual person that we know, went to Tijuana and had um, like a gastric bypass or some type of something, stomach surgery. And while she was there, I was like, well, see how much a boob lift is and see how much this is, you know, because the medical tourism in Mexico is a really big thing and so having surgery done in another country and then making sure your aftercare is really good like um mama d you follow angela gallo and she went to like thailand or something and got a bunch of stuff done so um i don't know so then i was saying to my sister dr blythe i was like you know this person like you know they do boob lifts and all sorts of stuff and she's like can you get a two for one and then i said something to the um practice manager at northeastern person and she goes how about three you know how about group volume discount i was like right on <laughs> so anyway if you ever see me and like all of a sudden they're up here with my heart shape she'll know <laughs> i've definitely thought about looking into that and my sis my sister-in-law is from the philippines and she was like oh if you want a boob job done go there because you'll get it for cheap but i'm like that's like a 24-hour flight. I don't know. I could just go to Mexico. That would be a lot easier, but I'm going to look into that because I've known a few people to do that, and it turned out really well. Now's the time, Mama D or Caitlin, if you have any uh, plastic surgery uh, ambitions. I don't, but uh, I've had friends go back home to like Asia or like Indonesia or Malaysia and get dental work done because it's just so much cheaper there. And so they'll go get like, you know, cavities or root canals or whatever, all that done. And it's only like a couple hundred US um, compared to the thousands it is here. But it is still a plane ticket. So you're still like paying for a plane ticket over there. Southwest flies to uh, San Diego from Houston. A lot of us are in Houston right now, for those who are listening. So we're in Houston, so Mexico is a way closer option for us. Plus, I think, like, on some level, it feels comfortable. Um, well, I mean, for me, but I grew up in El Paso on the border anyway, so, like, I kind of like that vibe. So, All right. So, Caitlin, holding out. No plastic surgery aspirations from you. Okay. Way to roll a model to it. Um, there's just nothing. I mean laser hair removal is a thing that I want, which I guess can be part of that because it's technically body modification, but that's the only thing that I really want. So, well, confess, what do you want removed? Everything. Everything except what's on my head. <laughs> it's just one of those things I've always been really self-conscious of, and shaving is not an option. 
um, because everything comes back ingrown regardless of what you do. So it's just, um, it's a challenge and it's hard and I'm really self-conscious about it. And so I don't like going to the beach. I don't like going to anywhere with a swimsuit, any of it, because it's just, no matter what I do, it's uncomfortable. Hmm. So fun fact, I used to never grow underarm hair until I got pregnant. And then I started growing hair. It's not a lot, but it's like, it's still like, now nah, I got to shave it because I used to never have to shave it. And now it gets, it gets dark during my pregnancies and then it goes away um, once I, after I give birth. Um, but uh, so in my, my dad's side of the family, there's like this trait with eyes where we get like these, like, like this part of our eye like sags down over the lips. And so two of my relatives have gotten like eye lifts because they had to have it like cut and like lifted up. So I'm kind of like, I keep sometimes looking in the mirror and I'm like, is that going to happen to me? Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to get an eye lift soon when in my 60s. I guess that's not soon. That's, but still. <laughs> so I just want to throw out real quick I have a cosmetology license and I'm trying to figure out where to go with it right now. Like I was doing hair for a little bit, but I'm just looking at my options and everything. I've been looking into um, going to laser school at some point. So if I end up doing that and I need a laser hair removal model or anything, Caitlin, I will hit you up and let you know. So speaking of cosmetology, my best friend is one and my mother and I go to see her, but she's recently moved into like the medical spa um, um, thing. And so my mom went and got a treatment done and it's like three treatments and they, it's like where they take her plasma out and they put it over her face. Like they kind of like- Vampire facial, vampire facial. Yes, yes. Yes. And it's like all like, they put all the needles in and then she like smears the, but there's no blood in it, but she smears like her plasma back over it, right? And it really looks like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Vernix, but <laughs> anyways, it's been amazing for my mother. Like the first treatment, I was like, whoa, such a huge, and my mom's really dark. She's got like super dark skin. She's got like sunspots and I could just like tell there was like a huge difference. So yeah, man, that stuff is like for real. Technology is insane these days in the cosmetology kind of world. It's pretty cool. And that's like without getting, you know, what is it called? Um, facelifts or um, Botox. 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 Yeah. I'm kind of at a crossroads, you know, because I'm older than y'all. So, um, and I like myself as I age. I look more interesting and stuff. I looked really young. I'm kind of ageless for a long time. And I'm still um, older than most people perceive me to be. I think it's because I have pink hair and I curse a lot, but um, the vampire facials I'm totally interested in. I have a friend who does them, and and I'm also like I got a permanent little wrinkle here now, and I'm like, okay, maybe something about that. So feeling it, I'm feeling it. Well, we could move over to. Um, talking about education, but I also want to hear about the sex talk update, Caitlin, if you're willing to share more. Well, um, so we put the kids to bed the other night and like we decided to take a bubble bath together and we were watching a movie 
And then as soon as we get out of the tub, like things are starting to heat up. And then our youngest son wakes up and comes into our room, like just walks in. Um, and so it just kind of like stalled everything. But, you know, like we've tried to put him back and then he just came right back. So I was like, okay, whatever, I guess like that's it. And my husband was just like really annoyed. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this happens all the time. And that's just it. He was like, it happens all the time. I feel like I chase you all the time and then nothing comes of it. And that you just like give up whenever the kids decide that, you know, um, you need, or they decide that they need you, you know? So it turned out, um, and he's like, I don't feel like you want me anymore. And like, every time we do, it's always like, oh, when is this going to be over? And again, we talked about that before. And I'm like, I'm not always up for the marathon. I'm up for a sprint, right? So he was perceiving that as something different. Um, so anyway, it's kind of causing us to look at things a little differently. Um, and we're going to start scheduling a night every week. Um, and I was already starting to look at it going, you know what? when we were dating, I, we knew what days we were going to get together, you know? So of course I prepared, like I did all the things to make myself feel sexy. I did all the things, you know, that I would want to do. And so now I'm finding myself, um, finding, making the time to do those things so that I feel sexy so that when I walk into the situation, like I know what's coming, but at the same time, like I feel prepared. Um, so it's kind of, an interesting thing that happened is that like now that we're he and he's not opposed to it either because he's like sometimes we go so long because you know we none of us have put it on the schedule none of us are something happens with the kids or something happens with one of us that we're sick or all of those things that just seem to compound and you don't think it's been very long but then it's been months you know um, and then it doesn't help that we have very different schedules because he goes to bed by 8.30 because he's up at 4.30 in the mornings. And I am not one to be able to go to bed that early. Like, it's just not something I can do. My brain doesn't shut off till at least 10. So, you know, we're going to bed at different times. So that doesn't make it easy either. So it's effort on both of our parts to make sure that we carve out the time to make it happen. But, you know, so we're just going to have to figure some new things out that I didn't necessarily think were an issue, but apparently are since we had a conversation. Were you nervous talking about it? I wasn't nervous talking about it, but I mean, it kind of came out of like this place of anger and frustration from him. So I was kind of put on guard, you know? And then, but then it was so late at night and then the kids are there and he's like, not wanting to talk about it, you know? So for him, he's one of those guys that's not, he's not going to even tell you how he feels. He's usually just going to keep his mouth shut, which I think is part of the problem is that he kept his mouth shut for a really long time. And I didn't think that there was an issue, right? So um, I think it just was, it's very multifaceted. I wasn't nervous about it. I wasn't. Uh, you know, like I'm not upset anymore about it. It's um, we've had some time to start thinking this through, and um, yeah, it just it brought to light that there are things that I need to change because I wasn't recognizing his effort even.
I think it's good at least that you guys talked and were able to kind of get on the same page and have a schedule. I think a schedule isn't like unheard of because even with my husband and I, like I'll tell him if we don't get in the bed and you want to get busy, you know, before 9 p.m., then I'm out. I don't have the energy for it. Like we're outside watching TV until 10, 1030 and we come to bed and you want to do boom, boom. That's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so we have like a time limit in our bedroom. And I'm like nine, 9 PM has to be like, Hey baby, let's go to bed. And I'll be like, okay. Um, Cause then I just get like, I get that just like you, Kaylin, I get like on this, like, when is this going to end kind of deal? And he feels the pressure of it. So I'm like, if you don't want to feel that pressure, then you need to get me in bed by nine. And we kind of went through something similar where my husband like felt like we weren't intimate enough and we were like intimate like two to three times a week. And, um, this was like probably just, I don't know, actually like right around, I don't know, three months ago. And, uh, of course there was like a lot happening, right? Like I was like pregnant, postpartum, just like there was a lot of sh crap happening and I was telling him to lay off. But I went back to, to talk to all of my friends and I was like, honestly, tell me how many times are you and your husband intimate? And I found that the average answer was about two times a week. And so I came back to my husband with that. And I was like, see, like, this is the average. It's okay. We're not, you know, without children, a couple, young couple. Um, I'm sure there are those moments where we're at each other, I don't know, every other day. Not every day. I can't even think of that. I'm sure that's his dream, but that's just not my reality. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always like, right? It's always like about communicating that and talking about that. And it's funny, Caitlin, that you say he's the one who doesn't communicate because I feel like I'm the one who tries to avoid the topic because um, sometimes I feel like I'm lacking for him in that department. So I just tried not to talk about it because I don't want to face that, that disappointment that he might have. But then as soon as we stop talking, he's like, he reassures me that that's not, that's never the case, right? It's never like, he's like, it's never you satisfying me in the bedroom, blah, blah, blah. makes me feel like a goddess. Um, it's just, it's just our timing is often our needs are off and that's what it is. That's what it always is. So communicating is our best, um, friend yeah I guess when we had that conversation I just wasn't anticipating that conversation either so it was you know it was just kind of like oh I thought we were just in this other weird place of you know every like all schedules have just been off especially the last month you know with him being sick me being sick both kids being sick like everything was just off for a month and then um, so then of course last night, um, funny thing, him and I are in it and we get this little knock, knock, knock at the door knowing. And so then we're like, well, shit, <laughs> like the kids at the door, you know, like whatever. So, I mean, we did our thing and then we eventually opened up the door, but like it just kept throwing us off with this little tap, tap, tap at the door every like five minutes. Like, what the hell is this? So, I don't know. We're just, we're going to figure, we'll figure it out. But it's just not, I guess, the way I would have thought it was going to go. Like, I knew frequency was an issue, but I didn't realize that it was more than that. <clears throat> so, here's my other input and suggestion, maybe. It works for us, it may work for you. So, 
for us, sometimes it's just, it's the, it's the knock. At least you got a knock. Actually, we only get knocks if you lock the door. It's always the kids that are just going to open that door up. Um, but if the monitor is going off and the baby's crying or starting to stir, I just turn it off so I can finish. I'm like 30 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, they'll be fine. Um, and then if one of our kids comes to the door, my husband goes and takes care of them because he knows if I get out of bed and take care of them, I lose my mood because I'm trying to deal with them and get them situated. And I'm either, I either turn on all my mommy mode or I turn on the, oh my God, I'm so like fed up with you. Like, please just go to bed. Like, or just, just go do whatever it was that you were doing and leave mommy and daddy alone. And then I come back and I'm like angry and frustrated. And my husband, I think, because he's on like this, like, sex lot let's like you know he views he sees sex in the horizon and that's his goal he's like better with the children <laughs> when it comes to putting them back to bed or doing whatever it is that needs to be done and so I stay in the bedroom and I I'm still in my sexy oh yeah we're gonna get busy again when he comes back so I don't like hear or deal with that so that's that's what we sometimes do and it's it usually works usually works for us also, if you guys haven't seen Kevin Hart's, um, his latest stand-up where he talks about his kids walking in on him having sex, it's really funny. I did see that. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, last night it wasn't even a, like, we had just put him back to bed and he'd been asleep for like 30 minutes and he made no noise when he got back out of bed. The monitor was on and he made no noise when he got out of bed. So, or we just weren't paying enough attention. Anyway, yeah, so that's kind of my update. That's a good update. Beverly, I saw you laughing. Was that relatable? My headphones just stopped working, so I don't know what happened with that. But anyways, um, what was it that, oh, God, what was it that you just said? Well, first of all, um, we, like, never have sex that early in the night because... I have to like t just after putting the kids to bed, they usually go to bed around um like seven thirty or eight um, okay, sorry, they go to bed around seven thirty or eight, but then the baby is still awake for like a while, like she doesn't go to sleep until sometimes it's if we're lucky, it's like ten o'clock, usually it's around midnight, and so. We, I have to wait super late, but then also I have to, like, come off of the mommy mode. And I know we talked about that um, during the last time, sex talk or whatever, but I have to sit down and relax and maybe watch some Netflix or something for, for a good at least hour before I can even think about that happening. And so it's always, like, really late for us that, that it ever happens. Um, but, yeah, I think it was whatever you said about, um, just wanting it to be over. And like, that happens for me most of the time, probably cause I'm just tired because it's so late, but it's like, there's, I mean, every once in a while we'll find a time like during the day or something to do it, but that's, that's pretty rare, you know, like it's rare. So, and then of course there's always the baby waking up at some point and, my kids don't really knock on the door that often anymore because they're a little bit older now. Um, and I tell them, unless you're throwing up or bleeding or on fire, don't come knock on my door. 
and usually they're pretty good about it. But, um, of course with the baby now, it's like, we're in the middle of having sex and the baby starts crying. And then, you know, if we're like almost, you know, at the end of it, then we'll finish. But if we're in the middle of it and I can tell that we're not going to be done soon, I'm like, like, I'm, I can't do this. And then he can't finish because he's like, you know, thrown off by it. And that, that happens a lot. So then it's like, ugh, I just, I just put myself, you know, out there to have sex and now we're not even done. And now I'm going to have to have sex like tomorrow or something, you know, like in the next, in the next 24 hours, we're going to end up having sex again because we didn't finish this time. And, you know, and it's like, that's a shitty way to feel about it or think about it, but like, that's the way I feel about it. So, um, yeah, sex has really been a drag. (laughs) So it totally happens to us. And here's my thing that I do now is I give him, um, because, you know, it's honestly in the beginning, it's not about me. It's really about him because I don't really get into it until we're halfway there and then towards the end. Um, and so what I do is I do a lot of, I do a lot of head (laughs) in the beginning to make him feel like he's gotten a lot more out of it, I suppose. And he feels a little more satisfied. And then, and then we get busy and, you know, but he knows now, like we're, I guess we're at that point where I can tell him, I'll tell him, you need to, you need, like, I'm almost coming to an end. Like, I can't do this much longer. Like, you know, you need to wrap it up. And I, but I say it in a way of like, you know, whatever it is. I just, we have our sex talks in our sex. And so he knows like, okay, I need to wrap things up because she can't last another five minutes. So I'm just like, let's, you know, let's finish this now. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> so, um, cause it's either the kids distracting me cause someone's making a noise outside or, um, it's that my vagina hurts because I'm postpartum or pregnant and everything is sensitive and pressured. And I'm just like, oh, okay, things are getting dry. Let's finish it up. Anytime I want him to finish, I just... I put it in a way for him that he's going to enjoy, you know, I'm like, Oh, come on my tits. (laughs) Instead of, can you fucking hurry? Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. I I paint a picture for him. I'm like, yeah, this is how I want you to finish. And yeah, like make me or whatever. (laughs) Yes. Get him excited towards the end. And then he knows that's that like silent cue. Yeah, I wanted to tell you this, that I had somebody come in that was a patient, and um, forget why she was coming in, but she said, she goes, um, she'd wanted, she was coming in for, oh, the, I think it's fertility or something, I forget, I have to write her note later today, so I need to get my shit together here, but um, I was still really tired, because I got in, like, midnight on Friday, and then went to work at 8.30, and saw a bunch of people with a janky-ass table, you know, it was a day, so, um, but she said, my boyfriend um, or my husband want like I don't ever have an orgasm from penetration, and I tell him that's normal. But he wanted me to ask you, and so then I told um, one of my friends came in for some body work, and so I was telling her about that that phrase, and she goes, "I know how you fix that. You just put a pillow over his head and just hold it there, and that's how that." I was like, okay, that's a strong opinion. And she's like, who who thinks that? And I was like, well, people who got a lot of sex ed from porn. 
and I was saying that I was watching, like, um, do you ever, like, research stuff in the middle of the night, and then you look at your phone in the morning, and you're like, what was I thinking? So I noticed that I was looking at Google Maps of where I grew up in El Paso, like how the house looks, and looking at the front door. Well, that's something that happened last night. But the other night, I, like, um, or the other morning, I woke up, and apparently I, like, was looking at something, um, and it wasn't even, like, sexy time. It was, like, some type of, like, weird porn thing that I was looking at. I think I was trying to remember, like, something about, like, lubrication or skeins clamp. I don't know, life of a midwife. But um, anyway, I ended up watching this woman and you could totally tell when she was like into it and when it was like some amateur porn that they'd uploaded to Pornhub and like, and when she was into it and when she was just like kind of, oh yeah, maybe to her husband or boyfriend and he was like totally falling for it. And like other women, I was like, I don't, I don't think that that's really that great. I think they're just kind of moving this along here, you know? So anyway, even those are uploaded onto Pornhub. And so I was just telling this client that, you know, yeah, it's super common that that's not how women have orgasms or people with vaginas, like, you know, just isn't really all that great. And she was like, okay, that's what I told him, but he didn't believe me. He wanted me to ask you. Even if it's not common, it doesn't matter. That's their experience in and of itself. Like, it doesn't matter if it's common doesn't it doesn't change that there's not really a fix for that except for something else that's what i said get your oral skills down bud come on so i go through this like weird thing where i can't do like like nipples and and eating out like while I'm pregnant it just like I can't I don't know why I get like grossed out by it like I don't know if it's because I'm oversensitive but it's and it's not something that satisfies me at all while I'm pregnant it's like whoa <laughs> it like gives me the heebie-jeebies it's super weird <laughs> I've been the same way recently and I don't know what is up with it because that's never been an issue for me um but like sometimes he'll he'll start going down on me and I'm like I just want to yell I want to scream I'm like fucking stop it right now I don't know like it's so weird and it started when I was pregnant and it has and I'm four months postpartum now and it's still happening and it's really it makes me sad so if anyone has any insight on why that is let me know Yeah, for me, it's like, I have to, I have to, sorry, um, I have to ask for it. Like, he likes to do that, and if he's asking for it, it puts me off, and I have to ask for it, and it has to be within the spur of the moment. I also have to be in a comfortable position, not a position he suggests. Like, I have to lead the way, pretty much, for me to be totally 100% okay with it, and it's like, and for me, it's usually on my back, and the lights are out, like, completely out. Um, because I feel like if the lights are on, he can see my facial expressions. He judges himself off of that. And then it just gets all weird. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so that's like my comfort is lights out. Um, and me asking, calling all the shots, not him leading it. Bev, do you feel like when you were pregnant? And having, uh, like, starting to be averse to it, do you feel like you were feeling extra goopy because of, like, discharge or something? Or just, like, too sensitive? Or just the whole thing was like, uh-uh, or what? 
I wouldn't say extra goopy. I think it was just like super sensitivity. And I I mean, I, I feel like that's understandable while you're pregnant and like newly postpartum, but, and I, I still know that I'm, I'm, I guess early-ish postpartum, but it's, I feel like it's been long enough where it shouldn't be happening anymore. And you're still feeling sensitive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it literally, it makes me pissed off, like, when he, I'm, I'm like, I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. You know who has something really interesting that might be fun? Is um, Adina, oh, what is her last name? She's from Bali, and she has this video, um, I'll link it here in the show notes, and she even has a class on, she calls it, like, pussy massage, like, straight up, and the idea can be orgasm at the end, but it's also like really um, interesting because I made uh, Selena Rodriguez, no, Selena Sisk. Do you guys know her? She, um, she's a doula too. So I made Selena like watch a video with me. I was like, come in here, watch this like video on pussy massage. You know, she was like at my house doing something. And it was really good, like exploring and kind of like um, working with all the clitoral um, tissue that wasn't just the clitoris straight up, you know, and it was really good and I think it also like men I don't think in general know how to touch a vagina or a vulva it's just like you know they get so like pumped or whatever and especially if they've been watching porn I'll link it in the notes but that might be something fun of like hey let's work on this so then he can be up in the good china and having a good time in a way that might be like a little bit structured and kind of like in like um having like a little like class on um you know intimacy with your vulva might be good so I don't know anyway I'll just link it in show notes and Adina what is her last name? Maybe it's Richards. Um, she's kind of fun. She's also kind of ex- exhibitionist. So people be like, uh, Adina. And she's like, I know, look at my pussy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Whatever. And you're like, okay, go Adina. Um, she gets a million YouTube hits as you can imagine. So anyway, I'll link that and show notes, but maybe that's another interim thing Bob, to like help with that so that your body can start feeling uh, sexual. And maybe if there is anything that's like restricted or like some of your lubrication glands or hypersensitivity, it's a good way to like navigate that. We're just going to, I'm just throwing out ideas here. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think like, I think that's great for partners too, because it's funny that you said like, you just like focus on the clit instead of like using like all everything in the vulva, like just recently I had someone who was like, stop using one finger, like use like all three to rub everything just just need everything rubbed <laughs> so that's actually pretty interesting I want to look that up and um, watch it and then have him watch it <laughs> um and did you see that um you guys know what goop is it's with Gwyneth Paltrow she has a Netflix series and it has Betty Dotson in it I think who was like one of the original like masturbation coaches or whatever like when my kids were little this was in the 90s um, I made a big deal with, that's when I was married to Carolyn. We got a Betty Dotson book on like sex for one or whatever. We made a big deal about how nobody should read this book. This is for moms only. And then we went to dinner. Right. And so then of course all the kids were in there reading it. Um, so, cause I wanted all my kids to have sex with themselves before they had sex with other people. All my kids were adolescents at this point. Um, except for the littlest one. And we took her away those. She was like four, but everybody else was teenagers. So, so on Gwyneth Paltrow, Betty um, Dotson, I think, is in this, and she's talking about the clitoris and stuff. So that might be something interesting to watch with a partner, so that they can see like, a, and it has this whole this one woman like her vulva's on TV, and she's showing and all the um, nerve endings and stuff. It's really kind of a powerful thing. 
I'll link that one in our show notes too, but I think that's for sure um, watching and something to watch with our spouses or, you know, like whomever. So one thing I'm doing differently um, this time around for my postpartum healing is I'm going to do vaginal steaming every day for 30 days. Um, it's a practice in, that we do in, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, but I just never, I just never had the equipment or anything to do it. Now I do. Um, so I'm really hoping that me steaming my vagina kind of brings back a sense of like connection to my vagina after birth. Um, instead of like being scared of taking a mirror down there and seeing what it looks like after birth, um, and kind of finding my inner sexuality again and appreciation. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. Right on. I was talking about steaming, um, this spinning babies that I went to had a bunch of midwives. There was like maybe 20 midwives in there. And one was this really kind of rad, um, midwife. Her name is Deanna. Shout out to her. And she said that one of, um, that she, she's in Atlanta and she goes to the Korean spas and you can go and get steams there. And that she was with somebody and um, that she was getting steamed. And at the end they were like, do you want the maca? And she was like, what do you get the maca for? And so that's one of the last parts of the, the herbs that they'll put in the steaming bowl. And she goes, after she used the maca, she had the most amazing orgasms ever. So then every time they're like, do you want the maca? And she goes, yeah, I want the maca. She goes, I felt like everybody knew why I wanted to get the maca, but hey, maca. I was like, okay. So just throwing that out there for herbal combinations. And steaming is like a big part of our ego. And actually, we talked about it in Labor of Spring quite a bit. So Caitlin was part of my Labor of Spring. Oh, so was Beth. But um, I think we did like a, when I used to, um, when I was putting a lot of focus on Labor of Spring, then we would have meet like once a month to really talk about it and how to be better Labor Whispers. And one day we talked about steaming. And Erin Young came over and had this like chair that she'd cut up and stuff. It was pretty fun. So I'm interested to hear more about that when you do it. Okay, confess. Has anybody else done a steam? I did one when I think it was Selena put together. It was either Selena or Erin that put together like a steaming or bag to use um it was cool i mean i just don't know how you fit it and you know it's like adding another thing i don't know how you fit it in as another regular thing but i could see it as the occasional or um, like again postpartum doing it regularly postpartum because you do things during that time that you don't do the rest of your life like finding and all of the other things. So. I did one and I just used a sitz bath bowl and put it in the um, in the potty and then had like a blanket or whatever, or maybe a skirt on, I don't know, I don't remember. But I made an error and that the water was not only too hot, but too high. So then like I ended up like dipping my bits and I was like, okay, that's enough of that. So there's this chick on Instagram called Sabrina, Sabrina Womb, Sabrina Womb something. Anyways, she, she really talks about like how you can do like be steaming without a stool and like all this stuff. Like you just kind of like lean over your couch with a pot. And um, she also talks a bit about how like 
incantation to your sexuality um, and how to use it for that. Um, I think, like, based off of her her theory is that women should try to be steam like once a week um just for like their own you know benefit of detoxing the body and reconnecting and kind of having that downtime i guess um alone time with yourself but um yeah anyways Bev, any thoughts on steaming? I've never tried it. Um, I mean, I'm down to try anything, so maybe I should do that. If it'll help with anything, I'll, I'll try it. Sure, why not? <laughs> hey, we could have a bee steaming party at my place. We just like little pots everywhere and, you know, we just have a little bee steam party. <laughs> I'm in. I got a new microphone so we could like hook it up and like record us talking while we're doing it. Um, and you know, like I'll see people periodically like start laughing at Gwyneth Paltrow and other people who are like promoting um, steams. But like I've been aware of steaming since Jesus, I think '95 or '6. You know, like so it's been in my like radar for a long time. And I always get irritated when people like make fun of stuff that they don't have any idea how helpful it is. You know. Like, people used to rag on acupuncture all the time, and that's, you know, pretty accepted now. And I remember when I became a body worker, <coughs> excuse me, people thought that chiropractics and massage were a big, you know, like, stupidity also. So I just think there's a lot of value in um, alternative healing and whatever. So I had a patient who was steaming. I belonged to um, uh, uh, one of those boxes that comes. Well, actually, my sister does. Dr. Blythe, a box that comes, and she was sending, like, herbs, uh, specific steaming herbs, and I think there was two steams per um, jar and I just wasn't getting into it. So um, I had one of my patients start doing it and she loved it and she had fibroids and it was helping um, with the dissolution of those. So I think there's lots of way, lots of ways that steaming are helpful. And so, okay, well, let's keep talking about steaming then. We're almost to the end of our time and we never got to talking about education, but we sure talked about sex and um, connecting with partners and connecting with each other. So that's good. So next time we get together, let's talk about education. And also I want to talk about the stuff that's actually helpful um, to learn about um, while you're pregnant, like things that are helpful for planning your postpartum. So I think that's, uh, I want to visit that. And I like that we're all talking about sex. That's good. And being connected to each other. I see your, uh, your body's changing a little bit there, Mama D. So I haven't seen that. That's nice. <laughs> and um I'm just real grateful for this group and I'm grateful that you guys are plugging along and it's interesting. Our um, podcast audience is growing. Okay. Um, so I'm surprised by that, but we're getting more and more. I don't know why I'm surprised by that. That's our third year. But when I say to people, Oh yeah, and I have a podcast and Oh, I got interviewed to be somebody's midwife, which doesn't happen very much right now because I'm not really focusing on growing that part of my practice. So um, she asked what kind of postpartum support. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you have a 48-hour home birth visit or, you know, a home visit. And then you come in at two weeks and you come in at four weeks. And then we also have postpartum support group, which you're welcome to join now while you're pregnant or anytime. And she was like, you have a support. I was like, oh, yeah, it's online. And we have back episodes. And she goes, let me get this straight. You have three years of back episodes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we do. So here we are. Okay. Well. Unless there's anything else that anybody needs to have said or say, let's go ahead and unmute ourselves and uh, talk.
tell each other we love each other unless you got something you need to say or get off your chest and of course you know we're always down just thanks for everyone for your support these are sometimes hard topics because they're so personal so thanks yeah for sure love you guys love you love you guys see you next week bye for now are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks that's www.preggers.rocks and we'll see you tuesday at 11 a.m central time oh thank you